Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Social Justice Ireland's 10-minute lesson series, where we will be looking at the issue of sustainability. My name is Michelle Murphy and I am Research and Policy Analyst at Social Justice Ireland. As regular listeners will know at this point, we put out three different types of podcasts. Our seminar series provides opportunities to listen back to some of the most important presentations at past Social Justice Ireland events, and our interview series are chats with various experts on different topical issues. This episode is one of our 10-minute lessons, the purpose of which is to educate and inform listeners on a particular area of policy, giving a brief overview of somewhere in the range of 8 to 15 minutes and hitting on the key points that people need to know. This week, the COP26 UN Climate Change Conference is taking place in Glasgow. This 10-minute lesson examines the issue of environmental sustainability, the challenges we face, and what can be done about it. So what is the COP26 conference? It is a summit taking place in Glasgow that will bring parties together to accelerate action towards the goals of the Paris Agreement and the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. The Paris Agreement was signed at the Paris Climate Conference, COP21, in December 2015. 195 countries adopted the first ever legally binding global climate deal. This agreement entered into force in 2020 with the aim to keep global warming below 2 degrees centigrade by 2100. Countries agreed a long-term goal of keeping the increase in global average temperature to well below 2 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels. They agreed to aim to limit the increase to 1.5 degrees centigrade since this would significantly reduce risks and the impacts of climate change. They agreed to come together every five years to set more ambitious targets as required by science. And they agreed to provide continued and enhanced international support for adaptation to developing countries. However, at a global level, countries are not making the progress required to meet the legally binding targets in the Paris Agreement. A number of recent reports outlined some of the key data to date. The sixth assessment report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, Climate Change 2021, the physical science basis, was published just before COP26 began. It contains some very challenging findings. Scientists are observing changes unprecedented in thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years, in the Earth's climate in every region and across the whole climate system. Some of the changes already set in motion, such as continued sea level rise, are irreversible over hundreds to thousands of years. Unless there are immediate, rapid and large scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, limiting warming close to 1.5 degrees or even 2 degrees centigrade will be beyond reach. The IPCC report projects that in the coming decades, climate change will increase in all regions. For a 1.5 degree centigrade of global warming, there will be increasing heat waves, longer warm seasons and shorter cold seasons. At 2 degrees centigrade of global warming, heat extremes would more often reach critical tolerance thresholds for agriculture and health. The report shows that emissions of greenhouse gases from human activities are responsible for approximately 1.1 degree centigrade of warming since 1850, and it finds that averaged over the next 20 years, global temperature is expected to reach or exceed 1.5 degrees centigrade of warming. 
However, human actions still have the potential to determine the future course of climate. The evidence is clear that carbon dioxide is the main driver of climate change, even as other greenhouse gases and air pollutants also affect the climate. So stabilizing the climate will require strong, rapid and sustained reductions in greenhouse gas emissions and reaching net zero CO2 emissions. Limiting other greenhouse gases and air pollutants, especially methane, could also have benefits for health and the climate. But immediate strong and sustained reductions in emissions of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases are required to limit climate change. This would provide initial benefits for air quality quite quickly, but it could take 20 or 30 years to see global temperatures stabilize due to the lack of progress in reducing human-caused greenhouse gas emissions over the past number of decades. A second report, United in Science 2021, also published just before COP26, found that five years after the adoption of the Paris Agreement, the emissions gap is as large as ever. The report found that the COVID-19 crisis offers only a short time reduction in global emissions, and it will not significantly reduce emissions by 2030 unless countries pursue an economic recovery that incorporates strong decarbonisation. In fact, the report finds that carbon dioxide emissions have largely bounced back to pre-pandemic levels. Based on preliminary estimates, global emissions in the power and industry sectors were already at the same level or higher in January to July 2021 than in the same period in 2019. According to the United in Science report, for COP26 to be a turning point, all countries need to commit to net zero emissions by 2050, backed by concrete long-term strategies and enhanced nationally determined contributions. These are the contributions which each country commits to make to reaching global targets, which collectively cut global emissions by 45% by 2030. And finally, the United Nations Emissions Programme report, The Heat is On, which was published just days before COP26 commenced, issues a stark warning. It shows that national climate pledges combined with other mitigation measures put the world on track for a global temperature rise of 2.7 degrees centigrade by the end of the century. This is well above the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement and would lead to catastrophic changes in the Earth's climate. To keep global warming below 1.5 degrees centigrade this century, the world needs to have annual greenhouse gas emissions in the next eight years. Many national climate plans delay action until after 2030, which poses significant challenges in meeting the targets of the Paris Agreement and in closing the emissions gap. In fact, the United Nations Emission Programme report finds that new and updated nationally determined contributions only take 7.5% of predicted 2030 emissions, while 55% is needed to meet the 1.5 degrees centigrade goal contained in the Paris Climate Agreement. So that's the global picture. But what about the national picture? What about Ireland? What are our national commitments and targets? Well, the Programme for Government commits to an average 7% per annum reduction in overall greenhouse gas emissions from 2021 to 2030 and to achieving net zero emissions by 2050. 
The Climate Action and Low Carbon Development Amendment Bill in 2021 established a legally binding framework with clear targets and commitments set in law to, to ensure the necessary structures and processes are embedded on a statutory basis to ensure Ireland achieves national, EU and international climate goals and obligations in the near and long term. The bill contains a provision for the first two five-year carbon budgets proposed by the Climate Change Advisory Council should equate to a total reduction of 51% emissions over the period to 2030. The Climate Change Advisory Council submitted its proposal for Ireland's first carbon budget programme on the 25th of October. This programme has broken down into three five-year carbon budgets. These carbon budgets prescribe the maximum amount of greenhouse gases that may be emitted over a specific period of time in the state. The first two carbon budgets in the programme provide for the 51% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from the state by, 20, state by 2030. So the first budget is for the period 2021 to 2025 and sees a reduction of 4.8% in emissions. The second carbon budget from 2026 to 2030 sees a reduction of 8.3% in emissions. And the third carbon budget from 2031 to 2035 sees a reduction of 3.5%. The first carbon budget has built in the implications of the time lag between making decisions and investments on the one hand, and on the other hand, seeing the emissions reductions come into effect. The Climate Action Plan, which is due to be published this autumn, will set out exactly what policies will be enacted to get us there. Ireland also has European targets to contribute to. As a member of the EU, we have committed to legally binding emissions reductions targets in 2020 and 2030. Ireland will not meet the 2020 target of a 20% reduction on 205 emissions levels by 2020, and we are not on a trajectory to meet our 2030 targets. The European Commission has also committed to a net reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by at least 55% in, by 2030, and Ireland must make a contribution to this target. Provisional greenhouse gas emissions published by the Environmental Protection Agency for 2020 show that Ireland's greenhouse gas emissions decreased by 3.6% in 2020, less than the reduction seen in 2019, despite the impact of the pandemic. Lockdown measures in response to the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in a 15.7% decrease in transport emissions. Peat fuel electricity generation decreased by 51% in 2020. Residential greenhouse gas emissions increased by 9% with a substantial increase in carbon intensive fossil fuel use driven by low fuel prices and working from home. Agriculture emissions increased by 1.4% in 2020, driven by increased activity in all areas, including a 3.2% increase in the number of dairy cows. The EPA notes that while the overall reduction in emissions of 3.6% is welcome, the majority of the reduction was due to a short-term decrease in transport emissions due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which is likely to be once off. Ireland's emissions are dominated by three sectors, transport, agriculture, and energy. Irish dairy farms produce up to three times more greenhouse gas and ammonia emissions than other farming sectors. Yet the dairy farm has, sector has been earmarked by government for continued expansion. 
Increases in herd size on dairy farms is undermining gains for more efficient and sustainable farming practices. And this type of policy incoherence makes it very challenging to support the agriculture sector to meet climate targets. While reducing agricultural emissions will be very challenging, it is necessary. In order to reduce our emissions from agriculture, FoodWise 2030 must reflect the farm to fork principles of the European Commission and set ambitious targets to reduce our agricultural emissions. Ireland's Ag Climatised Strategy commits to a reduction in absolute emissions from agriculture by 2030, which is very welcome, but does not detail a specific target or outline some of the challenging but necessary policy changes that must be introduced if absolute emissions from agriculture are to be reduced. Questions that policymakers must ask when we look at our national and international climate commissions are around what type of agriculture policy will be best placed to ensure Ireland can meet its national and international targets. So is this a policy of agricultural expansion and increased emissions to reach additional markets? Or is it an agricultural policy of ensuring Ireland produces the food required to meet our population needs and supports the agriculture sector in the developing world to ensure that they can provide the food required to meet their own population's needs? These are the kinds of challenging issues that the Climate Action Plan must begin to address. Transport is another area which faces challenging targets. And while emissions fell significantly in 2020, transport emissions are cyclical and likely to increase again. And road transport is just one element of transport emissions. Emissions from aviation are not taxed directly. And yet aviation is a significant polluter and contributor to transport emissions. Jet kerosene, use increased by 1.2% in 2019 and is now greater than petrol use. And air travel is now second only to private cars as a share of transport energy. As we begin to look at what measures are required in the Climate Action Plan to meet our carbon budget targets, we must look at the aviation sector and the policy levers that are available to us to ensure that it too makes a contribution to our climate targets. Energy is the third largest driver of our emissions. Energy efficient homes help reduce our carbon footprint and one of the most cost effective measures to promote sustainable development is to increase building energy efficiency through retrofitting. Budget 2022 contained a welcome allocation of 85 million to the local authority retrofit program. The Sustainable Energy Association of Ireland estimate that 35 billion euros would be needed over the coming 35 years to make Ireland's existing housing stock low carbon by 2050. Investment in renewable energy and retrofitting on the scale required to meet our national climate targets requires large scale resources in our infrastructure. To deliver on our climate targets in the programme for government, government is committed to a Green New Deal for Ireland and a just transition. One of the fundamental principles of a just transition is to leave no one behind, no people, no communities, no economic sectors or regions behind as we transition to a low carbon future. And transition is not just about reducing emissions. It is also about transforming our society and our economy and investing in effective and integrated social protection systems, education, training and lifelong learning, childcare, out of school care, healthcare, long term care and other quality services that will support people, communities, sectors and regions 
as we make the challenging transition to a carbon neutral economy, transforming how our economy and society operates. The coming decade will be one of transformation and change both globally and nationally as we try to meet our climate goals. There are some specific policies that Social Justice Ireland has consistently advocated for that would support us in meeting our goals in the years ahead. These policies are set ambitious emission reductions targets for 2030 in the Climate Action Plan and ensure that we allocate sufficient resources to support the implementation of these targets. Ireland should adopt targets and a reporting system for each of the sustainable development goals and should integrate a sustainable development framework into economic policy. Government should introduce a circular economy strategy for Ireland, incorporating the cradle-to-cradle development principles. Government should introduce shadow national accounts, assigning value to natural capital ecosystems and biodiversity in our national accounting systems. We must develop a comprehensive mitigation and transition program to support communities and people in the transition to a low carbon society, ensuring that nobody is left behind. Ireland must develop a progressive and equitable environmental taxation system. We must also develop a new national index of progress encompassing environmental and social indicators of progress, as well as economic ones, where all are valued equally. And finally, we must develop a just transition dialogue at regional and national level to ensure that all of us can make our contribution to meeting our climate targets and and that no region, community or person is left behind. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. Check back here again soon for more attendant lessons and other podcasts in our interview and seminar series. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie with your suggestions.